<laughs> okay, now we can start. Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. If you build it, they will come. Joel, you seen that movie? You seen that movie, Joe? Hosts Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. Jordan Malley. Jordan, great to see you. Through our 670 score scope. Yep, where is he? And it's right over there, Bill. Did Matt Peck get a signed copy of that book? No, Matt Peck, he didn't. No, no. I'll talk to D. Rose. Yeah, got you. Matt, you will be getting your book soon. <laughs> Kick back and get ready for the best hour of your day. Are players buying in, Jim? I, yes. Fair enough. And so all I was saying on this podcast, the Locked on Bulls podcast, Locked on Bulls starts now. The Locked on Bulls podcast. You can just see the vibe. Here are your hosts, Jordan Malley and Matt Peck. Hey, I'm Chris Manning here from Locked on Cavs, joined by Matt Peck from Locked on Bulls. What's going on? And Brad Rowland from Locked on Hawks. Hello, everyone. Well, just so people know, we're recording this. Um, we're going to talk about the 2020 NBA draft. There's obviously other things going on in the NBA right now, but we're going to cover this because you cover a basketball team that is not in the bubble. Are you listening? You like a basketball team if you're listening to one of our respective podcasts that is not in the bubble. Uh, so we're going to talk about the draft. There's obviously again more things that are bigger than basketball. Some we're, every show in the network is going to start covering that in their own way. But uh, we have kind of chugging along here a little bit. Um, we're doing a mock draft. We're back. We have the draft order set. This is the first network-wide mock post the draft lottery. Uh, as you know by now, uh, these are the teams picking four, five, and six. And Matt, why don't you tell everyone who you had the Bulls taking this mock at number four? So at number four, uh, my co-host Jordan Malley and I selected the Israel product, uh, Denny of Dia. Um, Jordan and I actually had a, a differing of opinions on this Um but I think the, the general consensus among the Bulls fan base right now is that they're very high on this kid, Denny. And I, uh, I have watched a fair amount of his tape, and I like a lot of elements of his game. But I don't think that he is the next you know, Euro superstar that a lot of people want to believe he is. And maybe that's just because this is kind of, by consensus, a fairly weak draft class, and people are reaching for things and, and wanting to see more than what's actually there. Um, you know, there's a lot of his offensive game that I like. He moves well for a guy his size uh, on and off the ball. He finishes strong at the rim. Uh, he's a very gifted passer for, for a dude who plays, you know, primarily front court. Um, I would have been interested in taking Killian Hayes had he been available. Um, but Charlotte scooped him up at number three. So I was disappointed to not have that option on the floor. And then the other name that we were discussing was the wing from Auburn, Isaac Okoro. Um, Jordan felt like taking him at four was a bit of a reach. I, right now, am leaning a little bit towards what I see for Okoro's NBA future than the ceiling for Denny of Dia. Uh, but for, I think, the general consensus of wanting to be able to discuss with our listeners and Bulls fans everywhere about Denny, who's a very interesting and exciting name in this draft, that's who we ended up going with. Brad, what do you make of, of what the, the Bulls did here at four? Yeah, I think it's um, kind of what I expect in some ways. You know, there's not a, a huge consensus in this draft overall, which is important to point out, especially once you get beyond maybe the top pick or two. Um, I think Abdi would be high on my board if I was the Bulls. I'm not saying that you have to take him, uh, just kind of like it was just laid out. You know, it's not a situation where he stands out above the rest to me, but he does um, have some interesting talent on both both ends of the floor, honestly. I think he's a pretty interesting two-way prospect. 
I am also skeptical of his upside to some degree. Um, that'd be my one knock on him is that I'm not sure what he does exceptionally well. He kind of does everything pretty well, which is fine. I think he was going to be a good NBA player. Um, and, and I guess a number four overall, that, is, that, doesn't, that doesn't always sound like terribly sexy. But at the same time, he is a good prospect. This is an appropriate pick, in my opinion. And he does kind of give the Bulls an element that they don't really have all that much of at the moment. So uh, he has some helium as well with regard to the actual you know, intel side of this whole thing where he seems to be rising in this in this process. And I think Denny, uh, not like my favorite prospect in the entire draft, but certainly a guy who can be uh, chosen here with uh, definitely a, sort of a reasonable take. I, I like this pick a lot for Chicago just because I'm a fan of Denny. I like just like this draft, the more I've done research into it, there's a lot of guys that scare me. Like Anthony Edwards scares me a little bit. Um, Poku scares me and he's, he goes eight in this, uh, in this mock, which is, which is wild. I know some draft folks love him, but he scares me. Like even LaMelo, like there's reasons I think to be a little bit concerned. Yeah. James Wiseman as well. Uh, you know, yeah. passing on him at number four. Uh, in in a, one of our previous mocks, Jordan and I scooped up Wiseman and I think like the seventh or eighth pick because we thought, all right, well, at this point, he's fallen this far. Might as well uh, see if we can get some bang for our buck here with a guy that, you know, many projected to be a top three pick. But here we were in, in another iteration of, of a mock at, at number four and he was on the board. We decided to go in a different direction because honestly, he scares me too. <laughs> yeah, but and I think just for Chicago, like, you know, Otto Porter's future is obviously not a guarantee. Um, he is, I think, the player option for last year was contract. Um, yeah, you just kind of, I, I just kind of half million. I bet he'll be yeah, picking that um, up. Him and him and Andre Drummond should like get an island of like player options. They're 100 percent picking up because in the considering there's a pandemic and no one knows what the cap is going to be like, they 100 percent should just take that money and and be miserable, even if it means being miserable for a year. Right. I would be I would be miserable for like three for a year for like three million dollars, frankly. Um, but I, I like that pick. You know, I guess, you know, we'll see kind of what the new regime um, kind of wants. I guess, like, the coaching search could theoretically have some impact on this because Jim Boylan is is out. Um, I, I guess I, I assume you're happy about that as you think about this, too, because you are you have, obviously, Levine, who, um, you know, a little bit out of the beholder player just for some, but you have Kobe White, you have Wendell Carter, you have Marketing. I like both. I like Carter and Marketing both a lot. Um, you know, you have Thomas Saransky, who I like. Like, you don't have, like, it's not like Chicago has nothing there. I mean, this is a team that last year I think some thought could make a run at the playoffs. I mean, I, I feel like depending on what they do here and what they get a coach, I think Denny just makes a lot of sense just considering he's a position of need. Right. Does a lot of stuff well and could succeed out of order. And, and I think, you know, whether or not it's can this kid be the next answer at the wing, which is becoming more and more the important position in the more and more – positionless basketball that we see in the NBA these days. Um, we, we've heard from our new head basketball executive, Arturis Karnaschovas, for, formerly of the Denver Nuggets, that at, at number four, um, you know, regardless of whether or not people think it's a weak class, a strong draft class, at number four, it's definitely a spot to not draft for need, but to draft the best available talent. So like, I'm putting my faith in the fact that AK has a – tremendous resume of scouting international talent in the world of basketball he played international basketball and before uh you know becoming a very successful executive in the nba he did a lot of work with young basketball talent all over the globe so whereas like our former gar foreman general manager thank god he's been ousted 
a couple of years ago was scouting Luca, and apparently, according to several reports, was not impressed. Bulls fans can rest easy knowing if AK does truly believe that, say, you know, Denny is on the board at four and the Bulls are on the clock and he sees Denny as the best overall available talent, then he will take him and Bulls fans should feel confident knowing that if anybody is tasked to make that decision about an international prospect, AK is definitely the right man to do that job. Was there you mentioned Okoro um, as we kind of wrap up with this Bulls pick? Who else did you and you mentioned Wiseman who took in another mock? But is there anyone else you really strongly considered before going with Denny? Um, not strong consideration. Obviously, you know if Lamelo were there, if he had somehow fallen to four, we would have had strong conversations about that and probably would have selected him. Um, I don't think we would have gone with Edwards if he were available. Uh, Jordan and I both have reservations and doubts about how he's going to translate to the NBA. Um, primarily for us, it was a conversation of, well, do we just do the boring thing and take Wiseman again uh, in another mock draft because he's here at four? Do we go with Denny, the exciting international prospect, or the other name we, we were going for was Okoro, which uh, you know may, may be a bit of a reach uh, at, at number four overall in this draft class. Um, because he, he certainly doesn't seem as exciting uh, of a prospect, but that's just because people tend to get more excited about international prospects now. I feel like we've done this crazy 180 uh, as, as basketball fans and, and NBA fans who, who look at the draft this time of year. Well, not normally this time of year, but when it used to be, oh, let's, let's trash that Euro player. He's just a Euro player, and Euro players can't translate. Now it's like the opposite effect has happened where – whatever exciting name or names are coming from international scouting seem to get a lot more attention and buzz uh, around their names come draft time. And, and Okoro is just like a primarily defensive strength player um, playing for, you know, an Auburn team that was okay. They were, they were not fantastic. They were not terrible. And he, he wasn't even really like the best player on that team, you could argue. But I just liked what I saw from him as far as his capability to come to the NBA right away and be a one through four player on the defensive end and hope that he could develop offensively in a way that, you know, he, he can expand his shooting range a little bit. He didn't have a whole lot of an outside shot in college. And whereas he was at least a decent free throw shooter, that was the thing that worried me about Denny. Like not only did Denny have terrible three point shooting and yeah, he improved upon it um, in his most recent season. But he, he's like a 60% free throw shooter. And that, to me, is always a good indicator of can, can the guy actually extend his range if he's got a decent free throw sh percentage and he just needs to work on the range, or is there something wrong with his shot? That is something I worry about a little bit with Denny. Um, but I think I, I, I succumbed to Jordan's reasoning that it was like, look, clearly one of these names is more exciting than the other uh, when it comes to this fairly weak draft class. So let's take Denny so, so that we can see maybe if this kid actually has potential to be special. Brad, any final thoughts here? No, I think it's a, a very solid pick. Like I said, I'm one. If the break, if the draft broke a different way, I might have stronger opinions. But there's this whole like tier just to look ahead a little, a little bit to what our picks are going to be, Chris and uh, from a Chris and myself. But there's this like whole middle tier that I think are these guys are kind of similar. They're all different players, but they're kind of similar overall value. So my blazing take is that there's nothing that you could do that's too controversial in this range.
Before we get back to more of our roundtable with some of the other teams here in the Locked On Podcast Network, more specifically Locked On NBA in our mock draft reaction, I want to tell you guys about Built Bar. Built Bar has been an amazing sponsor for us here at the Locked On Bulls and Locked On Podcast Network. I want to tell you guys about their amazing 18 flavors, including six brand new ones like cookies and cream and caramel brownie. Their 12 original flavors feature one of my favorites, and that's the peanut butter. All the bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. I've been telling you, this is the perfect, perfect item for the keto diet. Anybody on Atkins, anybody just looking to cut carbs out of their diet, all the sugars, unnecessary sugars you don't need, anything like that. You want to stay high in protein, high in fiber, low calorie and low sugar built bar is for you. Take for example, my favorite in the peanut butter, 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, five grams of sugar and five grams of net carbs. Try this amazing Built Bar and their other amazing flavors at BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Now back to the Locked On Podcast Network's roundtable. All right, we're back here on Locked On Cavs with Locked On Hawks and Locked On Bulls. Guys, I'm going to just tell you this now, the listeners now. Um, at number five, assuming like in future mocks, someone doesn't take this guy ahead, just considering I know the Cavs really like him and I really like his potential fit with the Cavs, Isaac Okoro is my guy at number five. Um, Evan and I agree. We When we were going through the, talking through the options, like I was like Okoro and he's like, yeah. And I really like Vassell. I really like Onyeka Kungu, um, but the Drummond situation and how I know the Cavs don't even have, the Cavs have him below Wiseman um, on their personal board as far as I understand. So that kind of, may, like just being a realistic means I'm probably not going to take him there. Um, I'm not an Obi Topin person, um, and I know some people have mocked him to the Cavs. I don't really like that fit, frankly. So I go Okoro, um, the defensive upside, and the Cavs really believe they can fix his shot. What do you guys, um, either either Brad or Matt, whoever wants to go first, what do you guys think of me going Okoro at five? Well, yeah, I mean, before I quickly toss it to Brad, I will just uh, say that clearly based on what we were just talking about with our Bulls debate, I'm jealous that you ended up with Okoro at five. I think that's great <laughs> <Yeah>. value. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I think that's probably the case for myself as well. You know, the Hawks have been linked to him a little bit and I think he would certainly have been uh maybe not number one on my board but uh, at, at this range but certainly up there so uh that, that makes that makes my own decision a little bit easier so I'm also a little bit jealous I suppose but I'm a big fan of, of Okoro as well and he is famously a local Atlanta product so uh, I'm sure Hawks fans would also be jealous yeah immediately once the Cavs got the fifth pick there was a slew of people like tweeting out a picture of um Colin Sexton who's also from Atlanta uh, went to the same high school as Lil Yachty. Fun fact, I asked Colin Sexton about that once, and he looked at me like, why are you asking me about the, the fact that I went to high school with Lil Yachty? Um, and I was like, I don't know, because it was like, you're not answering my other questions, and you're giving boring answers, and I want to see if I can get anything out of this. Um, but fun fact, Colin Sexton, same high school as Lil Yachty. But um, they are, they're both Atlanta products. Not that that matters a ton for Cleveland. But I, I think if you're just looking at the Cavs, and I kind of just want to know what you guys both think of where they're at, but like, we're doing this big series after the sword and um, on the podcast, kind of talking about team needs. Wing defense, just with how um, the NBA plays now and how much it matters. Like, obviously, I think offense ultimately is winning out a lot right now, but I think that the game is so decided on the perimeter. The Cavs, by my estimation, have like two and a half good wing defenders right now. Um, Larry Nance Jr. is the best one. And then Alfonso McKinney, who's like a fringe NBA player, is probably number two. And then Jetty Osmond's like half of one. 
Kevin Porter Jr. could get there. Um, they threw him on Harden and stuff last year. Like they, they believe in the upside there. Um, Okoro just fills such a clear need, and I also just have a soft spot for jacked wings. Like I love Grant Williams partially because that guy looks like he also could be playing like a linebacker in the NFL, and just like looks like he can handle the bigger, stronger wings we have in the league. And that to me is like a real upside of Okoro is that that guy is really strong and he's not going to, he's going to be able to handle some of the bruising players that are in the NBA. And I think strength is kind of, um, sometimes it isn't a tool a lot of guys have for whatever reason, but Okoro clearly kind of has it in the way he plays and just his, his profile. And the only other guy we really, I think, could you could argue for me that that would fit this need for the Cavs is Vassell. Um, who I'm sure we might talk about later, but I just think you look at this team and and where they're at. I don't think this like solves their perimeter defensive issue, but I think this is a way to actually address it in a meaningful way. Yeah, and I think he's he's a good piece to have while you're in a situation that the, that the Cavs are in, which is like you're still kind of you know sifting through the wreckage of of LeBron finally winning you guys a title and then leaving again, and you still have this weird Kevin Love holdover. Clearly, you know, I'm sure he and the team are going to search for some kind of, uh, you know, solution to that situation. And you're figuring out, are we building around Sexton or Garland or both? Like, Okoro's a guy you can just draft now and have as, like, a really good piece to build, not around, but build with. And maybe he can be a guy who develops his offensive game to the part where he can maybe be your second or your third scorer as his offensive game develops kind of the same way that Jimmy Butler did behind Derrick Rose in Chicago when he was clearly drafted and known from his years at Marquette as a defense first player. I can see certain, you know, similarities in, in his strengths on, on the defensive end and what Okoro does. Maybe Okoro can put that work into his offensive game like Jimmy did and, and really, you know, uh, round himself out into a, a two-way player like that. Um, but the other thing, you know, you mentioned his strength. The other thing I really like about Okoro is – along with that strength he has length like he's he's a legit six foot six and he's got like a six nine maybe a little over six nine wingspan that's going to allow him with that strength to be able to guard you know even even some of the tougher guards at uh you know at uh or being asked to guards i should say at the four spot in the nba yeah i think uh, okoro is underrated offensively everyone mentions and rightly so his defense that's why you're getting him, especially as the Cavs, uh, with sort of a desperate situation to try to find some defensive help on that roster. But I do kind of buy Okoro's offense. Obviously, the jump shot's a question, but he has some real creation ability. He really attacks the rim. He's a really good athlete. Uh, gets to the free throw line, etc. Really feels the game well, um, in addition to all that, and passes. So, yeah, I, he's a really well-rounded player. I like him quite a bit. There probably is a little bit of a ceiling on him without 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 a jump shot, um, but I think I actually believe that, he, that they can probably fix it to some degree as well. He's a really hard worker by all accounts and uh, I like him quite a bit and he can help to tr- at least help to try to cover up for the perimeter defense issues that Chris referenced because uh, as we all know it's pretty bad you're you saying like hard worker from Atlanta has a gym shot that's probably fixable is like Colin Sexton but 6-6 six, six. <laughs> uh ex- except I'll say this except for the fact that Okora was actually a good defensive prospect <laughs> and Sexton and Sexton just looked like he was in a lot of ways I'm not trying to take shots at Colin who actually I think is still pretty pretty interesting as a player but yeah. Okoro is actually a defensive prospect whereas Colin had like the tape of him like slapping the floor and playing kind of hard and he was actually not a great defensive he, prospect he Isaac Okoro should take on Sexton into the weight room. That's that's my take here. Just like I my my pet theory that I'm I am half serious about is that like 
uh, a college football strength coach from like Tennessee or something should like cash out of college football and just like help NBA players get much bigger. Like I'm not even kidding because I you guys know this like some of them are just pretty thin. Like and obviously there are mechanics in your shot and stuff that would change, but like I I think we gotta use a little a little lifting just to get bigger a little bit for some of these guys. Like Jetty Osmond, for instance, is like real thin, and then you see him have to guard Giannis for five minutes, and he's getting like like blown back like four feet. You know, it's like it's a real thing. The strength thing is like a real real thing. Um, can I interest either of you in Andre Drummond as we kind of wrap up the second segment? Can I do anything to trade Andre Drummond to your team? Ooh, man. No. What, what what's his contract situation? Like 28, something like that. It's uh, We yeah. could do Otto Porter for Andre Drummond That's if you want. That's what I thought. I mean, e- even uh, speaking as a Bulls fan who has seen Andre Drummond absolutely abuse the Bulls for most of his career, I swear every time the Bulls play Drummond, he has a 20-20 and 20 game. Um, that being said, no, I'll, I'll, I'll still say <laughs> thank you kindly, but I'll take a pass. Yeah, um, that trade has not aged well. And I think the, the Hawks and Bradskates got better off with Capella instead of Drummond. Yeah, I was never on the Drummond bandwagon, as we discussed back in the day. And, well, yeah, uh, do you remember, well, like, there was the Woj thing where it was, like, he's friends with Trey Young? Oh, yeah, it was it was very out there. And honestly, I think it actually was real for a few days. Um, there were some discussions happening there. But, yeah, I was never a fan of that move for the Hawks. And once the Capella thing uh, happened, it slammed the door on it, which I actually thought was a good idea for Atlanta. Yeah, um, 100% right. But, yeah, Cavs go Isaac Okoro at five. I think, again, I think odds on this is the favorite prospect for the Cavs at the spot. But, all right, we're going to take one more break here. Come back. Brad's on the clock with the Hawks at number six right after this. All right, Brad, you have the number six pick to recap. Um, just and just so I actually realized I never went the full order here. So Minnesota in this mock went one, Lamella Ball. The Warriors went two, Anthony Edwards. Three, Charlotte went Killian Hayes. Four, Matt with Lockdown Bulls went with Denny Avija. I went Isaac Okoro at five for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Brad at number six. Who did you take? Who else did you consider? Yeah, I guess I will just get it out of the way and say that I took Devin Vassell of Florida State. Um, It was a fairly easy decision for me. And I say that even as the person earlier on the podcast that said every basically said that all these guys are pretty similar. And I I stand by that. I think this uh, this whole like tier essentially is pretty flat. But uh, I think the three guys that I think are the most likely Hawks guys, if they were to be available, and one of them, if not two of them, will not be, I'm sure, are these three guys, actually, Denny, Okoro, and Vassell. Um, I think, again, the Hawks won't have their pick of those three, but I think, obviously, they're pretty safely going to have one of them, I think, unless something crazy happens ahead of them. Even in this mock, in which Hayes goes third, and I think that, I'm not sure how realistic that is, necessarily, there was still one of these guys available for Atlanta. Um, Vassell, I, we'll come back to in a second, but I also considered Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, he's a guy who has been mocked to the Hawks quite a bit and is pretty interesting in Atlanta in some ways. Um, and you, I think you always have to think about the big guys, be it a Kong Wu, be it Wiseman, uh, or even Obi Toppin. I don't love the fit of any of them in Atlanta. I do like a Kong Wu the best of that group in, in sort of in a vacuum, but the Hawks have, have already really invested in their front court with, with the Capella trade, as, and they also have John Collins, etc., so uh, as a sort of a tiebreaker, those guys are all in basically the same tier as Vassell for me, and the Hawks just have a more glaring you know, need for more, because basically every team in the league needs someone that Vassell can be. It doesn't mean he's definitely going to be this, but essentially he is the archetype 3 and D prospect, and every team in the league needs more wings that can play defense on and off ball and shoot threes, and maybe even have a little bit of creation upside as well, so... Uh, Vassell is not the sexiest prospect in the world. I think he is clearly um, not like on a star level path, 
But given this draft, given what is actually available, given what the Hawks already have with Trey Young, John Collins, etc., they can afford to take a little bit of a lower upside swing and try to improve their floor. And like I said, you just can't have too many six, 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 seven wings that can play defense and shoot. And that's what Devin Vassell is. Yeah, Matt, I really like this? this pick for you guys. Um, really impressed by his consistency at Florida State. You know, his second year, he made a big jump going from being like maybe 10 minutes off the bench as a freshman to starting all 30 games for them this season uh, and, and averaging almost 29 minutes a game. Like, that's huge. You know, 30 games, 30 starts, 29 minutes a game. That shows consistency. And to, to be nearly a 50% shooter from the floor and four, I believe 41, 41.5% from behind the three-point line, um, as, as you said, Brad, coupling that ability – with some help on the defensive end is a perfect piece to put alongside Trey Young for this this young Atlanta team right now. Brad, when you think about adding Vassell, you would get to a point where you have Trey, who obviously is the, the lead guy of what's going on down there. You have John Collins, you have Kevin Herter, Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter. There's a Clint Capella. You're, you've, Travis Link has assembled like a pretty interesting group of talent. You add Vassellen, who is a really good team defender, you know, kind of a guy that I, it seems like he's going later in a lot of mocks we're seeing, but like every mock that I've seen done by like people like us has him going higher because everyone's like, this guy's good. Why are we overthinking this? But when you consider adding him into what Atlanta already has, does he seem like someone that's going to help them take that leap immediately? Is he a guy that's going to matter more in a year? Like how, what do you think the, the immediate to short-term impact is of Vassell on Atlanta? In general, I think that almost no rookie is set up to really help a team win in year one. Uh, obviously, there are exceptions to that. Um, even within this class, there are guys who are more who are more set up to do that than others. I think a Kongwu is going to be pretty NBA ready. Um, but Vassell, if you were sort of going on that scale, is probably more apt to help a team right now than a lot of other guys, just because he could probably be in a smaller role, maybe be a third wing, fourth wing type that can come in play 20 minutes a night and not kill you anywhere and that's a that's kind of a nice thing to see for a rookie um that's not why you're picking him ultimately you're hoping that two or three years from now he can be maybe your starting small forward or something like that or maybe even at least a rotational wing for you but in general i just think that the hawks don't have a glaring need in the way that some of the, some other teams do in, in the lottery which we've we discussed in the past the hawks have a bunch of young guys and you know they kind of just need vets but at the same time they have this interesting draft pick um and they have they don't have, they don't have a guy who's exactly like Devin Vassell like obviously Cam Reddish is plays the same position they're pretty similar in the way that uh, in, ter- in terms of size but Reddish is a little bit different player same with DeAndre Hunter he's more of a hybrid 3-4 uh, Vassell is just more of that actual archetype 3 and D guy and yeah, it's not a huge upside swing. So I guess if you were trying to describe it, maybe it's more of a plug and play than it actually is like a development project. But all rookies are development projects to some degree, and I think uh, the the ultimate, you know, hope for him would be that he he either becomes your starting small forward or he becomes a third wing that you really trust in the playoffs. And if you're building a team around Troy Young, you could, you just got to have a bunch of options that you can play next to him, especially defensively, that make things work. And Vassell is someone I trust to be able to do that. I would have taken Okoro, to be honest with you, if he was yeah. available. Um, but that's not even like a huge standout thing for me. I think Okoro and Vassell are very different prospects. I do like Okoro just a touch more. But even then, you know, Vassell, you mentioned before that he might fall he might, he might fall beyond this, and I can definitely see that. In fact, if he doesn't go to Atlanta, he might fall two, three, four more spots. But I think this is a perfectly appropriate value just because of what he is and what he can be. 
Where are you at on DeAndre Hunter after his rookie year? Pretty much the same. Uh, I think defensively he was a little bit worse than I thought, and offensively a little bit better than I thought as a rookie. Um, I still believe in the defense, uh, at least on the ball. But yeah, you know, I thought that trade was a bit of an overpay, if maybe more than a bit of an overpay. But I always liked DeAndre Hunter, so I understood what they were trying to do. I think people are probably getting a little bit too low on him now. There was this uh, predictable thing that I actually kind of called beforehand, and that you know the Hawks use all these assets to go up and get him. And if he wasn't really good right away, people are going to say that he's now bad, which is what happens. Like it's also happening to Jarrett Culver in Minnesota, guys who were expected to be you know quote unquote NBA ready because they're a little bit older. And like I said before, most rookies are not good. Um, so I feel the same kind of way about Hunter than I did before. I like him a lot. He's not going to be a star, but I think he's going to be a long-term helpful piece, and he's um, a guy who could also play the four. That's the thing about Atlanta's pieces right now. They have Kevin Herter, who's more of a pure shooting guard. You have Reddish, who's more of a 2-3, and you have Hunter, who's more of a 3-4, so they kind of all fit together, which is kind of nice. Even if if, if, it might have been intentional, I'm not sure, but I still believe in Hunter in general, even if he's not going to be a star because he's never he was never going to be a star. That's the kind of secret about that because you don't want to trade up for non-stars, but the Hawks did it, and I think I still believe in them. Matt, I'm going to ask you this as we kind of get towards the end here. Which one of these teams, based on this draft or just in general next year, do you feel like is most likely not to be picking the lottery next time around? Uh, between the three of us, Chicago, yes. Cleveland, and Atlanta? Yes. Um, Man, I would love to say Chicago – I really would. <laughs> There's so much positivity um, around this organization right now with, you know, finally the Reinsdorf's waking up and, and realizing that, that Gar, Foreman, and John Pax were getting it done, bringing in a, a well-respected uh, and, and a pristine resume guy like Karnaschovas um, and, and rounding out his front office, finally ousting Jim Boylan after months of Bulls fans panicking that they were going to bring him back. And then even... Uh, a little bit of lottery luck. You know, Bulls fans, I think, even despite the, the positive uh, momentum, we're thinking, hey, you know, well, um, we're really excited to pick number seven again for the fourth year in a row. <laughs> but look look at this. There's positivity. I still just don't see these pieces, based on the evidence we've had over the last couple of years, turning into a playoff team next year. Um, if, if pressed to pick between Cleveland or Atlanta, I would certainly lean towards Atlanta just because of the budding superstar and Trey Young and some of the other quality young pieces that they've assembled. Um, no knock on, on Garland or Sexton or, or whatever the, the Cavs. The Cavs are not going to be good next year. I'm just, I will, I will say that for the record. <laughs> I, you know, I'm, I'm not, even as a Bulls fan who had, you know, grew up laughing at Cleveland because MJ beat them in the playoffs all the time to transitioning to a Bulls fan who hated Cleveland because they beat us in the playoffs all the time. Uh, you know, I, I got nothing for nothing but love for the city of Cleveland, and I want them to be, uh, you know, a competitive team again. I don't see it. Uh, I want to believe in the Bulls making a big, you know, uh, 180 next year and getting competitive, but I'm gonna hold my breath on that. And uh, I, I, I think that Atlanta could certainly make, uh, you know, a sizable jump next season. Brad, where are you at on this? Yeah, I do think it's between Atlanta and Chicago. With all due respect to Chris and all Cavs Nation, um, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not someone who's gonna like. There's this notion that the Hawks are like the clear, obvious team to make the jump into the playoffs in the East. I can. I can kind of see that they have the best player of these three teams, at least in terms of long-term prospects and current ability off- offensively and Trey Young and all that stuff. Oh, I don't know. Cristiano Felicio hard. begs to differ, my, my good friend. Yeah, it's true. Uh, he's well, he's, he, I, think he might be, I think he actually is making more money than Trey Young is at the moment. Uh, yeah. um, 
But uh, yeah, it's interesting. I, I think that I would pick Atlanta. I kind of believe in Chicago more than most people do, I feel like. Um, but at the same time, if Travis Schlenk, this is a big if, if Travis Schlenk builds this roster in an attempt to win more this next year, it's going to be Atlanta. Um, but last year they didn't do that at all. So the, the jury's kind of out on whether the Hawks will be able to or be willing to surround their young guys with some actual competent veterans. They already did it with Click Capella. That was a huge addition, of course. But the, the real problem with Atlanta sneakily this last year was that their bench and their veterans were just absolutely awful throughout the season. Like the young guys got all the attention, um, but the, they had nothing else. And that's kind of the big thing. The, the young guys are going to definitely improve. Trey Young's already really good, so is John Collins. But uh, that's the only barrier that they have to being a, an actual threat to make the uh, run of the eight seed or something like that next year is the uh, supporting cast. But yeah, I think it's probably Atlanta if you make me choose one team out of these three. I think it's Atlanta too. I think the Chicago head coaching hire would could could talk me to that because I again I like Wendell Carter. I like uh, I like Laurie Markkinen. I don't even like hate Zach Levine. You know. Um, I got, and Otto Porter is like a solid NBA player. There's like a lot of solid, like decent NBA yeah. players. If in, Otto in could Chicago. stay on the floor, the the Bulls starting five might actually be fairly interesting. Yeah. Um, do you have a do do you have a favorite head coach pick as we kind of get out of here? Um, I, I honestly, you know, th- there are a lot of names floating around. Kenny Atkinson, formerly of Brooklyn, he he has a tie to one of our current assistants, Chris Fleming, who, despite Jim Boylan's firing, is sticking around at least for now. So his name is certainly interesting. Um, I, I was definitely hoping that they would bring in uh, Ime Udoka for an interview, but it sounds like now he might be a prime candidate to replace the recently fired Brett Brown and stay in Philly. Um, other names that I hope the Bulls interview: Wes Unsell Jr. Uh, Steven Silas, who I think has done a really good job backing up Rick Carlisle in Dallas. Um, basically, as long as the Bulls do a thorough coaching search and then come to a decision, I will be happy that they actually did a coaching search because this fan base was fed Fred Hoiberg and Jim Boylan back-to-back with no coaching sh- searches whatsoever either time. So putting my faith in Arturis and the new front office to do their do their jobs and do them well I feel good about them and the names that we're hearing that they're going to bring in Um, I would only add to that that there are a couple of names that I am very glad are not apparently on the Bulls list according to all sources those names being Ty Lue and Mark Jackson all right that's it Ty Lue's a good coach I'm we're logging off here I can't do this Ty Lue's a great coach (laughs) and uh (laughs) I'm sure. I'm sure all you wonderful people of Cleveland think Ty Lue is a great coach. I, no, I, I'm sorry. I no. I when 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 Kevin Love every time he gets a chance to talk about um about Ty is like that guy knows how to coach in the playoffs and like can hold LeBron James accountable. I'm in. Um, certainly some limitations, but like th- those Cavs teams were so bizarre that I just like. Oh, so I, would, I mean, if if you were to tell me. And like I, this is clearly just a, a random fun hypothetical because I don't think the Bulls are interested in either guy. But if you were to tell me as a Bulls fan, your choices are Ty Lue or Mark Jackson. I'm picking Ty Lue a hundred times out of a hundred, and I'm throwing him a parade through the streets. If you of Chicago. if you picked Mark Jackson over uh, Ty, I would have deleted your audio from this podcast. Uh, honestly, no. but it, it's crazy <laughs> how many NBA people out there, just like NBA fans on Twitter, being why does Mark Jackson still not have a job? Um, evidence? Like, yeah. Hello? Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, 
it's it's wild. But Ty's a really good coach. I think he'd actually be perfect. In, my my personal favorite fit for him is New Orleans because I think him teaching Zion how to be an adult would be like a really really good honestly thing for Zion the Williams. one coach that I really want and really wish the Bulls could have is a guy who proved to do some pretty impressive things with a very young roster uh, recently, and that's Monty Williams. Like, yeah. instead of extending Jim Boylan after his replacing Fred Hoiberg experiment <laughs> crashed and burned, the Bulls could have brought in Monty Williams. But no, no. We're really, really glad we stuck with Jim Boylan on that one. Fair enough. Uh, Brad, of course, has a very competent coach in Lloyd Pierce, which – None of our, well, I'm a JB. JB's fine, but he is the best coach to through these. But again, to recap, Danny DJ at four, Chicago. Isaac Okoro to number five, Cleveland. Number six, Devin Vassell to Atlanta. I'm sure we'll do this again. Perhaps we'll end up with the same exact pick again, and we'll just talk shit about Jim Boylan for, for 30 minutes or so. But for myself, for Matt, for Brad, this has been the Locked On Cavs, Locked On Bulls, Locked On Hawks draft crossover. Check out all the other Locked On shows um, if you want to hear more about the mock and everything else going on in the in the league. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you all soon. Well, that's going to about do it here on Locked On Bulls. Hope you guys enjoyed that discussion with Matt Peck and a variety of other hosts in the lottery reacting to what was Locked On Podcast Network lottery mock four follow matt and i on twitter at locked on bulls at jordan c malley and at bulls underscore peck for matt peck i'm jordan malley bulls nation have a wonderful day be back tomorrow with a fresh episode for jordan and matt we are out deuces locked on bulls a show for the most passionate fan base in the nba hosts jordan malley and matt peck dive into the best bulls news and stories around the nba for more content and to stay up to date head over to lockedonbulls.com 